Hello listeners and welcome back to Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis. This is episode 38, No Refusal, Non-Compliance. We're still in the middle of our social media migration, but I am happy to announce that we've gotten a Blue Sky account. Again, we're still sort of setting things up there, but if you've already gotten one of those elusive Blue Sky invites, then please check us out there, oasiscyberpunk.bsky.social. And with that, here is episode 38, No Refusal, Non-Compliance. Reed, the last time we checked in on you, you had been dragged down into the cell. It was dark. They had like a bag over your head. They dragged you down into this. It's not even a cell. It's more of an interrogation thing. Your hands are handcuffed in front of you and you're sitting at a table that's been welded to the ground. You were there for maybe 30, 45 minutes. Someone came in and tried to talk to you. You basically told them to go fuck themselves. So they left and you waited and waited and waited and four hours went by you're starting to get pretty exhausted you can attempt to try and fall asleep on the table if you'd like or you can stay up and stay alert which one would you prefer honestly I think Reed is like kind of used to spending time in jail cells like He's sort of one of those people who will have been picked up by police or whatever and released like half a day later or whatever. So he'd probably just kind of chill. Okay. Um, He might try and get some sleep. Well, you lay your head down and start to try and get some sleep and your eyes are beginning to drift off when suddenly the door opposite from you opens with a bang. And inside steps three figures. The first one is dressed in a very nice looking classic Oasis suit. Very nice dressed down with a clear like Oasis Police Department logo on the side of the suit. Whoever this is, they work for the Oasis PD, but they're not wearing the uniform of a grunt cop. The person behind them is wearing the uniform of a grunt cop, is a regular police officer, no blue chip in the side of his neck, but is, you know, big, gruff, and has a hand on his pistol. The third figure to come in is one of those autonomous policing drones. It doesn't have his weapons up, it's not pointed at you, it's just kind of following them in. Well, uh, this is a new one. Good cop, bad cop, robot cop. The well-dressed figure wearing the suit, She's got her hair wrapped up behind her in a bit of a ponytail. She steps up to you and pulls out a little data pad and begins flipping through it and sits down opposite to you. She doesn't say a word. She looks up at Reed and says, So, are we willing to talk now? As I told your associates, I said, I'm not willing to talk unless I have some certain promises of my own safety. What sort of promises would that be? Look, I know that you've been trying to keep this quiet, right? I don't know what you're referring to. 
Exactly. Okay. So, from what I'm being able to tell is that you will get rid of weaknesses so that they can't speak. Uh, look, I know you're not used to the Oasis, but trust me, this isn't nearly as brutal as your nomad trials. Now, I just need you to answer a couple of quick questions for me. You are Reed, correct? Call sign Reed Butterfingers? Okay, for the record, I didn't ask that call sign, but yes, I am Reed. <laughs> All right, well, that's a simple one. And you're affiliated with the Aquilas, is that correct? Yep. All right, now here's the first difficult one. What did you and your nomad clan do with the stolen cargo from the transport to the Oasis? Stolen cargo? The stolen cargo, yes, the one that was in the cargo vehicle right behind yours. We've done our investigations, and it's quite clear that there was some sort of collusion between your clan and someone else, so we just need to know what happened to our cargo. She says this very matter-of-factly. Look, what's going on here? She says, I'm sorry, but I'm going to need you to answer some of my questions before we can continue. If you aren't ready to answer that one, that's totally fine as well. We can move on to the next one. Look, uh, our reputations are our business. If we don't deliver, if we are found to be doing shit like that, we ain't gonna live much longer. So, <laughs> you'd better be fucking sure that's what you're saying. Well, because of our investigation, we really don't seem to have any other option. It seems very clear to us that your nomad clan was the one that took the materials that were being transported to the Oasis. Now, these were critical materials, and we do not look kindly. Baxter Callum especially does not look kindly on thefts. So I think your best way out of this might be to tell me exactly who in the clan set this up. Was it Roman? Did it go all the way up to the top? Or was there someone partially on the way down that was responsible for this? Someone needs to burn for this, Reed, and if you don't help me out, it's going to be you. Then burn me. <sighs> I was afraid of this. <laughs> so were we. I lost friends during that as well. I'm not going to leave fucking sully the name of the Aquilas. She stands up and sort of pauses and goes to go confer with the police colleague. She whispers something in his ear and he nods and she says, well, it looks like I'm being called away temporarily. She walks over to the robot and hits a button on it and shuts all the way down. I'll be back in five. And she walks out of the door and uh, the police officer cracks his knuckles a little bit and then and slams you across the face. Is Reed handcuffed to the table? Yes. Okay, cool. Don't die. Three points of damage. Okay. The police officer says, Now, I know you nomads aren't used to this, but we Oasis citizens are really trying to help you out. We want to bring you into our culture, and it's not going to work if you keep persisting. And he punches you on the side of the face again. Four points of damage. Spit blood in his face. Spit blood in his face. <laughs> Am I bleeding right? I feel like I'm bleeding right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've taken two hits to, like, the jaw and upper face. Yeah. You're, you're starting to swell up. You know, you've got a bit of blood seeping out of the side of your eye and some coming from down your mouth. Once he's been punched, like, a couple of times, he just sort of 
he, he does his best at a no sell. Like he just tries oh. to take it as best he can. You want to do a cool check? Uh, yeah, I could do cool. Let's do an acting to act cool. Acting. Okay. Uh oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a one minus eight, which is a one. Yeah, he like tries to look cool and just like coughs. <laughs> And like, it sort of probably looks like he's fucking crying blood or something. <laughs> <laughs> you look up to try and like cough blood up in his face or something or spit it at him and you... <laughs> and you begin choking on your own blood. You start coughing and the guy goes, hey, hey, hey! And he comes over and he starts patting you on the back to try and get you to spit out the blood. Can I headbutt him? Sure, you can, yeah, you can, you can try that. Uh, 15? You whack your head back and it hits him in the nose and he whacks it on the back of the head and goes, fine, if you don't want to be helped, I guess there's nothing left to it. And he punches you square in the face and you lose consciousness. Uh-oh. Rita's fucked. Let's cut back over to the rest of the party. Should I call a Luber? It is warm, I would not like to walk. Do either of you have any Yetis though? Duh. It's 15 Yetis to get a Luber to the destination. Estimated. I'll pay, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad one of us had a job until five seconds ago. I have like 400 Yetis, come on. You, you guys are pathetic. No wonder you're homeless. <laughs> hey, you're homeless. I know, but it's not as funny to say it about me. And there's nothing wrong with being homeless. And I have a home. It's just back in that city. Someone's shitty driving got us stuck here, fucking Reed. <laughs> Apparently this is rag on Reed day. <laughs> Sedoy has just ordered the Luber and entered in the destination that was given to her by ISO. You have a relatively pleasant ride throughout the middle of the oasis leading towards the outskirts. Sedoy, did you opt for the advertisement or no advertisement ride? Um, I'll take the advertisement. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, there is a very appropriate advertisement that I can't think of off the top of my head. It's probably the advertisement for Luber. They're probably playing an advertisement for themselves inside of the Luber vehicle. <laughs> Luber. The smoothest ride ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you arrive at the outskirts of Oasis City and are deposited right exactly where you needed to be, right in front of a mid-sized Oasis constructed building that on one of the floors, like it seems to be segmented off to a couple of different businesses, on one of the floors and kind of on the ground floor, is a big sign that says Charlene's Talent and Repo Agency. She didn't tell me it was also a repo agency. Through the front door, you see a very large, scraped and tattooed and just very intimidating looking man wearing a, another nice suit. And he opens the door for you. Thank you very much, kind sir. 
Spazuba. You walk in and the blast of, of, it's not even cold air, but it's just regular like 60, 70 degree Fahrenheit air, 23 degrees Celsius, hits you in the face and it just feels super refreshing. It's a small like little two office sort of affair with a waiting room. You can see directly into one of the offices where a woman with bright blue hair is sitting with her legs up on a table and chatting away on her agent. She sees you come in, mentions something to her agent, puts it down, steps outside, and goes, well, hi there, I'm Charlene. It's very nice to meet you. Um, You're ISO, right? Hey, Charlene. Yeah, yeah, in the flesh. Of course you're ISO. I've seen your face all over the place. And uh, you must be Sedoy and Mavis, correct? How the fuck do you know my name? She says, well, I've been a bit of a fan of your friend ISO for a little while, and you do occasionally make the clips. Yeah. Iso, would you would you care to bring your friends back here and we'll figure out what we're gonna have to eat? Yeah, sure. Come along. Alright, you step back into her office and plop down on various chairs and seating implements. She pulls out a menu, like a little tablet that has a menu on it. She hands it over to you. It says at the top Luber eats. <laughs> it's got a selection of kind of generic sounding like pizza sandwich without even <laughs> explaining what's on it or what's in it. Just pizza yeah. sandwich smoothie drink. I'll have a smoothie and nondescript pizza. Is this vegan? Uh, she sort of shrugs and says, why don't you just take a look at that uh, at your own leisure? Buddy! And the large man in the suit walks in and goes, yes, Charlie. Would you take the orders of uh, everyone here and get that submitted into Luber Eats? And, you know, get some for yourself, too. Very kind of you, ma'am. Yes, I will do that immediately. And uh, he stands there waiting for you to put in your orders, which you can put in at your discretion. He just hands you a little data pad. You're kind of intense, huh? I've heard people say that before. I personally do not see it. I live for the intensity of every day. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Sure, sure thing, buddy. I like him. He's very reliable. So, ISO, let's talk strategy. Yeah. Now, I've been seeing the stuff you've been posting to uh, the local uh, Oasis Vid sites that you've been uh, featured on, and uh, it's pretty good stuff. I really like it. I'm a big fan of your anti-authoritarian, you know, fuck the Oasis kind of attitude. It's something that I, I like to see a lot represented. We need to have stuff on both sides, and we need to have all the different sides represented. I really like your take-no-prisoners, shit-kicking attitude. That's great. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about what happened with you and June Gold, but I think you can now have a new agency that can represent you even better than she could ever do for you. And that's what I'm here for. Charlene's Talent Agency and Repo Operations. Hold on for a second. What happened to me and June Gold? Well, I, I haven't seen any of your videos on her site recently. She stopped following you. She stopped resharing your videos. I assumed you two had a falling out. No, but I had an inkling that this would happen if I mentioned the specific thing. Not to worry! I am one of the best agents in the Oasis, and I really think we can bring you to the next level, ISO. You're a star. And these other people, they're your supporting cast. They're important, they're useful, but honestly, this is your show, ISO, and we need to make this all about you. We need to focus on you, bringing you out for the Oasis. And I'm willing to work for a mere 10% finder's fee on top of any sort of gigs that I get you. I notice you like to do kind of the more action-oriented stuff. That's the sort of thing I love doing, too. What do you say? I mean, apparently I'm no longer um, 
semi-employed, I guess? So, I mean, yeah, if you've got any leads, especially on uh, dodgy shit. Well, listen, I love to keep my clients happy, love to keep them entertained, and you know what? Here's a freebie. This one's on me. No cut or anything. Take a look at this. She slides a data pad across the table to you. You pick it up, and it's a blueprint of the police station. The local police station nearby her, and there's a little dot that's blinking on it in one of the uh, interrogation rooms. She says, you know what that is? It looks like a police station. You're right. What's up with the dot, though? Oh, don't worry about it. That's uh, that's your friend Reed. Heard what happened with him. I've got some contacts out at the police station, and, uh, well, you know, I had a feeling you'd probably be interested in getting represented by someone as forthcoming and forward-thinking as I am, so I went ahead and threw something together if you're interested in a little bit of rescue operation. Got some new memory chips. You can use this to record the whole thing, and we'll post it up there. A, a, a jailbreak. Like, that's some real good content. People are going to love it. Isn't sorry, uh, I, I don't want to take over for you here. I thought this is clearly your deal, but would you uh, would you not say that maybe breaking into a police uh, headquarters is a great way to get yourself, uh, I don't know, permanently hunted by the law? Yeah, let alone record it and post it. I mean, I, I, I got I gotta say, like I'm, I'm loving Charlene right now, but I am having questions on. Like, like you said, the, the legality of this, but also like, how the fuck did you know this already? Maybe she's just good at her job. Like, nobody here is good at her job, though. Nobody in the Oasis has been good at their job. Yeah. So that's sus as fuck. She says, no, that's a great way to get you a bunch of followers. People love that sort of cutting edge shit. Ugh. It really gets the people going, you know? And uh, here's the thing, though. Your, your friend Reed, he's innocent, right? Partially. Partially. I mean, for the thing, they're they're grabbing him. Yes, he didn't do that. All right. Well, yeah. He choked a cop. Well, tried to. Tried to yeah. choke. Yeah. Duh. Oh well. I mean, kind of no harm, no foul, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Either way, if he's innocent of the main charges that they're charging him against, which do you know what those are, by the way? No. Choking a cop. Well, my sources tell me they're trying to pin the whole um, theft of the caravan transport on him oh that's did he did do you know if if did he do that no, no he was in the car with us he couldn't have maybe his friends maybe he arranged it all along maybe he's behind the blue chip. no no <laughs> no no I, I don't see Reed doing that like I, I saw him with the nomads so well as long as he's innocent, at least to the main charges that they're trying to keep him on, all we really got to do is we got to get him to a good lawyer. And she raises her eyebrows like that's supposed to mean something. Oh, I don't know about no lawyers. Uh, I've had some run-ins in the past. I don't really, I don't really trust no lawyers. There's good lawyers? She says, yeah, yeah like a good Oasis lawyer. And she like gives the same little eyebrow thing like it's supposed to mean something. Do you know a good Oasis lawyer? Is that what you were saying? Are you a good Oasis lawyer? Do, do we have to pretend to be a lawyer? She gives a coy smile and she says, why, yes, I do. I do happen to know a very good Oasis lawyer. Have you ever heard of, oh, I don't know, Max Law? 
Jesus fucking Christ. Oh shit! No, I, I have been in the Oasis for one week. I have not heard of Max Law. You haven't heard of Max Law? You haven't seen the TV show? The, Max Law's legal team? Yeah, no, I, I don't know who that is. We, we haven't really had time to watch much TV. Yeah. You haven't even seen Max Law and the Super Max Law? What? No, mostly emergency broadcasts. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Well... Max Law is one of the best lawyers around, and I promise you, if we can get your friend Reed to Max, he'll take care of him. Mm, okay. Will he also take care of us once we're being charged by breaking someone out of a police department building? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've got him on retainer, and don't worry, this this will be all on me. I need you guys to be free if we're gonna, well, if we're gonna make some good footage. All right. We'll just say, uh, you know, you guys will owe me one. How about that? <laughs> I've heard this before. All you do, right, you, you do the thing, like the crime. I mean, the not crime. <laughs> and what what I hear is while you're doing it, like shooting the guy in the face or doing back alley surgery, all you got to do is um, yell, uh, what was it? Sorry, I had it written down somewhere rummage through my bag and just pull out like a very crumpled piece of paper it goes this is a prank it's a prank <laughs> <laughs> she says look this is all well and good but um I hate to be frank with you here ISO but uh, I'm gonna need you to sign an exclusive agency rights thing before I really give you any more information <sighs> I've got the plan Hopefully you can see that by all this clear material that I've set in front of you. All I need you to do is just sign on and we can make you the star that you've always been supposed to be. Let me be clear here for a second. I'm not going to owe you. I don't want to owe you anything. You're talking like you're doing- Oh, not you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about ISO. I'm okay, talking about ISO. Okay, okay. That's fine. I don't care what ISO owes anyone. It's okay. <laughs> Texts are a diamond dozen. It's fine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Well, I guess I know where the door is. You know I invented this eye myself? Or the mount for it? That's very nice of you. Anyway, ISO, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, me and Reed are ride or die. I, I, I owe it to Reed, at the very least. And I do need help right now. Like, if, if June has cut all the ties, Cops are kind of after us because of the whole thing that happened last night. Yeah, sure. I'll sign with you. Perfect. She hands you over a data pad with a big blinking line where you're supposed to sign. Wait, wait, ISO, don't sign yet. Just how do you feel about sticking it to the blue chip man? Who? No, not I'm, I'm asking lady oh oh you're talking to me the, how do you feel about sticking it to blue chip men like the like the men like big capital letter men <laughs> taking it to no, the sticking. blue chip. i can't really understand sticking. what she's saying i so can you can you translate okay so so, so Doya is saying how do you feel about fuck the system Duh. well yeah fuck the system 100 percent well, there you go. There you have it, Sidoy. Okay, you can. Yeah, that's all I wanted to know. Cause you know, I, I look, I look out for you, Iso. I know you have uh, good fuck the system footage. So I didn't know you cared. I'm, I'm touched. 
and I want to get that footage in the eyes of all of the Oasis citizens. It's drama and intrigue, counterculture, anti-capitalist stuff that really gets the people going. Now let's do this. Let's fuck the system together, Charlene. And ISO taps the sign air screen and signs there. All right. She says, well, that's just great. That's just absolutely fantastic. Let me call up Crimson and give her the good news. She pulls out her agent and uh, types up a little thing and goes, yes, Crimson. Yeah, this is Charlene. Yeah, ISO and crew are on board. All right. All right, great. Great, yeah. Talk to you then. Okay. All right, bye. So here's the deal. I've got you a, a, an excellent net hacker. Uh, goes by the name Crimson. Ooh. I'm sending you her contact details now. I need you to go meet one of my other contacts right outside the police station uh, right here. And she marks a spot on your map that is basically like right next to the garage slash warehouse that is touching the police station. You got to go meet him there. Right, yeah. And once you get there and once you, uh, you get inside the warehouse, call up Crimson and uh, she'll just do her thing. And, and as always, I'm here if you need anything from me. Yeah. Do we use any like passphrases when we meet your contact? Uh, no, th they'll know who you are. Don't worry. I so you're recognizable, man. Everyone knows who you are. Am I getting paid for any of this? What am I here for? We're getting read back. Am I getting paid for getting read back? <laughs> I mean, maybe the lawyer can get us some damages from the cops. Involuntary detainment mental anguish. I've testified a couple of times in some mental anguish cases. Yeah, involuntary breaking someone out of jail because of what they did. Like, yeah, people get really mentally anguished over, like, everything. Especially cops. Like, just to be clear, you get this this cool deal out of getting read out, right? Okay, okay. I don't get anything out of risking my life and letting a uh, motorbike boy out of prison. Yeah, I gotta say, if we're your entourage, we're gonna need the standard entourage rate. Uh-huh. We've stuck together up till now just because it was, you know, convenient and we got in the same shit, but, uh, It's not convenient to pick up people from prison, so... Yeah. No, I, I totally understand, but let's not forget... I'm the poorest fucker here. <laughs> you, you can't... <laughs> it's gonna be after we get paid. We'll discuss it. I, I will definitely owe you two. Definitely. Sure there you're... is no question there. Hmm. But let's see how much it pays first. I'm sure your big new agency can uh, spot you in advance, no? That's the sort of thing that these agencies do. But if your agency wants to hire us to help uh, do security for your gig... Uh, Charlene? Charlene looks up from her data pad and says... I mean, this kind of seems like a internal labor thing. I, I, I can, I guess I could help out if I, I could help negotiate for you. Let me be the mediator here. So, so these two want you to pay them money and... And I don't have it. You, like more money than you're already paying them? What uh, do you mean already paying us? <laughs> That's where the problem arises here, Charlene. We're not unionized, entourage or anything like that. We, uh... Yeah. We as, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm kind of paying them with exposure right now. Okay. Exposure to the fucking weather. <laughs> hey. 
Listen, I j just to just to be very clear, Charlene, we are not employed by ISO in any sort of capacity. We just happen to be on the same car as ISO, and then we have happened to be in the same places. Then he jacks our kills and makes a bunch of AdSense revenue off of it. What you getting from those, ISO? Like 0.4 of an eddy a click? I actually haven't checked yet. Charlene says, look, okay, I, I understand. I've run into a situation like this before. Um, <laughs> you're new to the industry and not quite sure what the going rate is, and that's totally fine. Um, this one specifically, though, we're already over budget, um, so we unfortunately don't have anything extra for that, but, well, it's maybe getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but, um, uh, buddy, the guy comes in from the other room and goes, yes, Charlene, and she says, can you, uh, can you get me the, uh, the details for the gig down the line? The one that we uh, that we really wanted ISO for, and he goes, ah yes, of course. And he, he comes back with a data pad a second later, and she goes, so there was this one specific gig that uh, I kind of had in mind for you guys. You seem like the kind that would be interested in it. How would you feel about getting paid oh, around eleven thousand eddies a person? I'm listening. Yeah, suddenly I'm very interested. Well, unfortunately, this gig specifically requires an air pilot. Fuck. Ah. Part of what makes your group work so well together. <sighs> so, uh, Reed's kind of non-negotiable here in this large, lucrative gig that we've got coming up. 11,000 eddies for just a single evening's worth of work. Wait, you've been talking about Reed. Man, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you say so? Let's go already. Isa just looks at Mavis just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you can fucking talk. <laughs> you are on the fuck read train. And what about you, Sadoi? Are you in or do we need to find someone else? I like money. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but are you sure that you really committed to it? <laughs> she seems like she's almost mocking you at this point. Uh. I'm never really committed to anything, so... You're pretty committed to cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to quit. <laughs> well, we really do need someone that's more committed. Uh, Iso, do you happen to know any other good techs in the area? <laughs> you could never know anyone as good as me. I mean... I know some kid who's kind of good with computers. <laughs> wow! Brandon, I, I, I think... Wow! I think okay, fuck you! Fuck you and fuck you, I'm in! <laughs> This has been Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis, episode 38, No Refusal, Non-Compliance. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, as we grapple with the lingering shadows of a pandemic that hasn't yet fully been vanquished, there's this movement that's been forming from corporations and the US government that are urging employees to return to the office. When return to office is brought up, there's usually a lot of appeal to the nostalgic idea of this office camaraderie and in-person collaboration, but the pandemic afforded us this really unique opportunity to study remote work. And a lot of these studies are revealing that many people actually are much more productive working from home. 
because they're able to utilize the time that they would normally spend commuting or sidetracked with office distractions to get more done in their personal and professional lives, leading to an overall higher job satisfaction. Now, there may be benefits with in-person collaboration, but those benefits should be carefully weighed against the health concerns that still linger in shared spaces. COVID is not over, people, and the U.S. at least is prime for another wave of infections, especially as in-person schooling resumes. Adding this increased contact from the mandated return to office, and these mandates could literally end up endangering lives. So why is there this strong push to a full return to work of the pre-pandemic, and why now? Well, I suspect the real reason these corporations are pushing this so hard might be the plummeting value of their grand corpo buildings. With people not using the offices, the values of these workplaces is starting to slip, and if the prices start entering freefall, eventually, the land underneath it starts to become more valuable than even the building itself. Depending on who's interested, it could be renovated or torn down entirely for another business or an opportunity for something else entirely, like, I don't know, affordable housing? It may sound kind of far-fetched, but the implications of an office real estate industry collapse are staggering, and the effects would ripple out across every industry. If you crunch the numbers in the 2021 Credit Suisse Global Wealth Report, which we did, and you assume that the top 1%, they own the same proportion of real estate as they do for total wealth, well, it looks like the ultra-wealthy own about 50% of all of the money invested in real estate. But what happens if these investments start to diminish because people don't see the need to return to office? Well, do you think these billionaires really care if their employees' lives are a little worse off? Or if their cultish obsession with in-person conversations ends up killing some low-level employee that they'll never meet? I don't know, they might care, they might not. But given how much they have invested in the real estate industry, do you think these billionaires are really going to start caring about that if their investment portfolios start tanking? To these financial titans, the return to office isn't a cultural necessity, it's an economic imperative. So, dear listeners, next time your employer sends you a heartfelt memo inviting you back to the office, remember what they're really asking. The battle for a more equitable future rages on, and it's our responsibility to recognize the real motives behind the corpo government insistence that we should all just get back to normal. Stay safe, stay informed, and keep pushing for a world where people come before profits. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is your narrator, Artemis Ronan, signing off.